from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Pot. It's really hot. Okay. Let's turn that down a little bit. It's the Tiny House Podcast. Is it hot? It's hot, isn't it's still it? Still a little hot. Yeah. Well, it's because you come in screaming. I know. Like I came in screaming. Let's, go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a pause. Okay, try it again. One, two. It's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. Hi, this is Michelle. And this is Mark. <laughs> what do we do next? <laughs> oh wow, we really have been off. It for has a been while. off for a while. <clears throat> so we ask about your construction of your tiny house. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Yeah, I really no. I no, it's, I, I, it's, it's all done, right? It, no, <laughs> it's not all done. Um, sadly, Contractor Blues is the song I'm going to sing. <laughs> I got the Contractor Blues. This dude, he said that he was going to do it in two weeks. What has it been like? Two months. Yeah, it's I mean, going it's on a month. Have you seen the movie The Money Pit? I have long ago. Remember Michael that contractor? Every no. single time they asked him how long it was going to be, what did he say? I don't remember. Two weeks. <laughs> right? Until <laughs> Tom Hanks was like ready Hanks, to murder the guy because right? every single time it was the same answer. It's like the, it's like it's summertime here in Portland. And so all the contractors are taking on as much work as they possibly can, whether they can get it all done or not, in order to not miss out on money making. Right. And this guy's no different. Has well, he even shown up yet? He's he's shown up long enough to build, to collect. Not even frame. <laughs> he collected nine hundred dollars, yeah. but he framed he fra- partially flame, framed one wall. Huh? And it's not even Plum and Square. Well, the the thing that's really <laughs> in- so our listeners don't understand this, but we actually have not even seen each other in three weeks. We yeah. took a bit of a a bit of a vacation after the jam. So so like, that's why I'm like I thought it'd be done by now because it's <sighs> been so long. For the listeners, they w- they wouldn't know that passing of time, but right. um. And just for listeners, this contractor is not doing all the work. He's doing the main structural work that I cannot do. And then my old former best friend, now best friend again, his name is Bill, is going to help um, help build it with me. So we're both really excited about what we're going to make this thing. It's going to be way more elaborate than I had originally planned. Technologically or... or Technologically, feature-wise. Like he... <laughs> so he's like maybe 280 pounds and i had drawn on chalk perry uh, isn't yeah exactly thank you <laughs> you <laughs> need to worry about engineering because he will test it himself <laughs> well i drew a chalk a chalk um basically basically a ground a, what do you call it a um floor plan a floor plan on the ground with chalk and i and i drew out this this 36 door that inch, he can't fit through no the, the <laughs> toilet room where the composting toilet's gonna sit and he looked at me and shook his head and walked over and stood in there and he's like i can't even wipe my ass in this <laughs> <laughs> so and then he and then he he dissed my um uh it's not full queen what's under full twin he he uh dissed my twin bed space because <gasps> i was only going to need a space for me to lay down but then he said perry you're going to have sex in here you need at least a, a full be- at least yeah. a double at yeah least, and yeah. then he said and when if you get rid of this thing at some point you're probably going to get rid of it to a couple and they're not going to be able to sleep on that damn thing yeah so i agree with them <clears throat> on both accounts i got that whole chris hardly thing in my mind where it's Fat guy in a tiny house. <laughs> <laughs> my lord. Speaking of contractors, <clears throat> Jeremy Ooh. builds tiny houses, doesn't he? Jeremy builds tiny houses. Yeah, that's what I thought. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's, it's exciting. 
It is exciting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just beside yourself no. <laughs> so, with regret. Yeah, so, sorry, I am. Um, I'm, I have a bit of a cold, and I'm one of those people that kind of has a naturally stuffy voice, so it's like compounded stuffiness. Mm-hmm. So I and apologize. This lovely reverb thing going exactly. on in his voice, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jeremy came to us by way of. Andrew. Andrew Odom. Andrew Odom. <clears throat> and um, there was a moment in the tiny house history where we had no more guests lined up. And so Michelle um, was recommended. Or Who you, should we talk to? Exactly. Absolutely. And right. it was Jeremy. Yep. Yeah. So Jeremy, um, how did you get into the tiny house movement? Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I asked my, ask myself that question <laughs> daily basis. Um both questions, actually. Um, so, yeah, well, Jeremy Weaver, that's the full name. Um, I'm, I am a Chattanoogan um, for the last 10 years, so living just outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, grew up just outside of Detroit. Um, my journey into tiny houses is, is a fairly long one, um, actually. So I won't, I won't tell you the whole thing, but maybe it'll kind of come out, you know, during our our conversation. Just tell um, us the funny parts. The funny parts. <laughs> well, I was, I was actually, uh, the part, the, the, the place I like to begin is I was actually in, me- I was in med, I was in med school for a year. Um, I did actually a whole year of medical school and, <clears throat> um, basically in a nutshell dropped out to start building tiny houses. Um, was, the reality was a, a bit more circuitous than that. Um, but, uh, you know, essentially was on the path, you know, towards medicine for, you know, all throughout college, uh, never really thought twice about doing something else, but had always done construction sort of on the side, um, and really enjoyed it. And, um, also had a, a big interest in, in development, uh, and particularly international, uh, sort of development work and humanitarian aid work, stuff like that. Um, and so during, during, and then also to, to mix with those two things, uh, sort of always, you know, had a knack for, for entrepreneurship, starting business, you know, not starting official businesses, but buying, selling, uh, pretty much all of first year of med school. I was, I was, uh, I think I flipped 10 or 10 or 12, uh, cars while I was uh, in first year med school, while I should have been, probably been studying, but <laughs> um, but anyway, so so came back came back from I was I was in med school at, in Loma Linda, California, um, and after that came back and was sort of you know went back to construction because that's what I knew, and um, was had been really interested in mobile mobile housing of all types, um, specifically like different types of conversions. So van conversions, uh, bus conversions, um, you know, RV renovations, that sort of thing. And I've been doing a ton of research on, on those things. Um, and sort of, you know, kind of mentally designing my, uh, my van down by the river. Um, so (laughs) Chris Farley. Yeah. <laughs> so so, anyways, I, it, that that kind of led me to tiny houses, as sort of all trails seem to um, these days on the internet, and um, started kind of ravenously researching tiny houses. And uh, by the time I got back and, uh, and was doing construction, you know, sort of uh, planning my next kind of transition, you know, thing I was gonna I was gonna get into. Um, <clears throat> a friend of mine, really really good friend of mine, 
in the Chattanooga area um, was actually building his own tiny house. Um, and I, you know, I had been researching tiny houses, but for a couple of years at this point, or a year, you know, maybe a year or so at this point, and we just, I mean, we, we worked on some stuff together. We were both sort of independent con, you know, contractor subcontractors. And so we worked on a few different, you know, jobs together. Um, and the only thing, I mean, like all day long, we'd be building these McMansions and we'd be like up in the attic space, you know, the dead attic. I remember one specific story. We were in the dead attic space of this like 5,000, 4,500, 5,000 square foot house. Um, and we were, we were like the whole time we were framing up in this attic, we were like calculating how many houses would fit up in this dead attic space. <laughs> I think the answer was like six or seven tiny houses. Wow. Um, uh, in unused, completely unused space, space the owner is never going to see right. in their, you know, in their house, which is just, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, so, so anyways, that sort of led, you know, that friendship led into us deciding to start this business together, which we is were called both sort of building and it kind of grew out of, he was building a house for himself and his wife, he was about to get married at the time. And I was, I would just bought a trailer and was building a house for myself and my wife. We were about to get, uh, we, we had just gotten married. Um, so, so that was kind of the first, you know, quote unquote, two builds of the company was our two houses that we both actually still live in to this day. So, and what's your tiny house company called? Uh, wind river, tiny homes. And why is it called that? Um, <clears throat> that comes from Travis. Who's, who's the guy you know, I'm talking about right now. He's, he's a co-founder with me. Um, he was sort of the original founder. Um, and, and, He's has a great love of the outdoors as I do as well, and sort of cut his teeth on the Wind River Range. If you've you know you've probably heard of that one in Wyoming. Nope. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like his family's, uh, you know, sort of spiritual. You know, they'd go they'd go there every summer. You know, as a family, that's kind of where he cut his teeth on the outdoors and that that sort of uh, you know work life balance was you know it's try we've tried to build that into the core of our business and you know having a job that allows us to be outdoors but then also to have time to to get outdoors um, so that and just you know you just like the name Wind River so that's kind of you know it's kind of what we dubbed it and and now we're stuck with it now. So you decided not to be a doctor and you decided to go ahead and build tiny houses. Was it, was it more disenchantment with the, the financial aid situation and you were, you know, the, the debt or disenchantment, (laughs) cutting people, afraid of blood, blood, right. Or was it over enchantment of tiny houses? Um, like, like which was the tipping point for you? That's a great, that's a great question for, for, it was, it was a really difficult, like that was definitely the most difficult year of my life without a doubt, hands down. Um, and it's as weird as it seems like for me, medicine was the default path. Um, and it seems like a fairly, uh, like masochistic, you know, crazy default path, but, but like my whole family was or is in medicine. Um, and for me, it, it was just kind of like a, you know, that's what I had seen as successful. Um, not, not to say that it's, I, I think there was a fair amount of disenchantment at the time. I've sort of hopefully gotten some perspective at this point and I don't have anything against medicine or my family or, you know, anything like that. For me, it was, it was something that was just really not congruous with the type of life that I wanted to live for a lot of reasons. Um, and it took me like a whole, the whole year, basically the first year to figure that out. What was and, the, what was the type of life that you wanted to live? Um, for, for me, uh, I think, um, I'm, I'm a fair, I have fairly simple tastes and fairly simple, 
needs um, as far as you know what I need to be happy. So, um, like, I I don't I didn't I didn't need I don't need to make you know four hundred thousand dollars or you know whatever a year um, to 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 be happy. Um, And I, I don't need a really fancy car. I don't need a lot of stuff. And like, I'm not just saying that you know, kind of like this. Uh, you know, to come across as this sort of sage guru type guy, but it's just, for me, it's just like, I'm very, I'm actually just very pragmatic about it. Like I don't need that. So why am I going to go through like four years of med school and then another four or five years of a residency and then maybe another two year fellowship. And then, and then at that point, then I can start paying my loans off (laughs) and spend 10 more years doing that. Um, And, and to me, it was like taking a hard look at, at what my skill sets and talents and uh, what I'm drawn to, <clears throat> and and asking myself if medicine is where that where I'm you know I'm going to get that fulfillment, um, and and like with all honesty and doing a lot of research and talking to a lot of people I respect you know on both sides pro pro and against, um, coming to the conclusion that that really wasn't for me. I just at some point I just had to like kind of rip the bandaid off and say you know I just I just really can't do this. I know I've, I've invested this money that I'm never going to, you know, see a return on this investment. But it's, it, it was, it was like, I just had to, uh, I had to find something else to do. Um, and, and for me, that's been businesses. I mean, tiny houses, I love tiny houses and I love building tiny houses. To me, what, what gives me, what gets me excited and, you know, gets me up in the morning is, is being involved in a, a business, uh, that is, is really cool. And what I believe in and, um, kind of that that aspect of building a business. What did your family think about your decision? <clears throat> um, I would say um, <laughs> there was different. So, what are the the stages of grief? Denial, anger. As I was going, I never get those, past those two. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> my parents are probably just a few steps behind me in 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 that. Uh, so, but. No, I think my dad, you know, who, who is a who is a doctor himself or oral surgeon, and was actually really, you know, like his thing has always been, I just want, you know, you to to a to you know do the best at whatever you're doing, and b at the end of the day, you know, to to you know have have contributed, you know, something to society, you know, basically. So he he was actually really cool about it. Um, my mom's taken a little longer to adjust, and still reminds me. <laughs> Um, every now and then that, that, uh, you know, but it's, it's, I mean, it's been, we've been, you know, we've gotten to the place where, where we're feeding ourselves and we're, we, you know, we're, we've gotten a little attraction in our business and, um, you know, some exciting things have happened. And so I think that's, it's really helped, you know, you know, people to be like, oh, you know, he's, he's, he's okay. He's not, you know, selling drugs on the street corner, you know, kind of. Crack tiny houses, but that's still an option. Yeah. Which, which, which <laughs> as a doctor, I guess, you know, it's what I've been would have been doing anyways. Right. When did you, when did you get married? Oh, uh, I got married in June 30 of 2013. Was I mean, was that before or after your? Oh, in this decision? in the in the uh, trajectory of the yeah. story. That's yeah. the question. Yeah. Um, so I started dating Lindsay, my now wife at the end of the year of indecision. Uh, so that was, you know, 2011 or 12, 11, 12, 12. So I started dating her basically right at the beginning of 2012. Um, and we had a fairly quick, uh, from dating to marriage process. It was like, I want to say nine months 
dating and then three months engaged and then married. Um, so, so basically we, we, we started dating right when she was like, started dating me and she's like, she, you know, in her mind, well, anyways, she, the reason she was dating me was not because I was in med school. But, that's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but no, 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 that's a f- fair question. Like she, she was, she started dating me when I was in med school and then, you know, that turns into, you know, I'm, I'm married to a tiny house builder. Um, and she's, that was that she's last totally three born. months when you had she to close lives. the deal, right? Exactly. <laughs> we got three months to make this happen. Yes. No, no, no. She's she has been she's been probably my biggest support through the whole thing, um, and probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger if I, you know hadn't been for some really long, very many long talks that we we had and a lot of support from her. So nice. So, Aww, and, that's a cute story. And how long how long has um, the company been in in business? Um, we've been building tiny houses since the end of 2014. Oh, wow. <clears throat> okay. okay. It's and a baby business. It is a baby business. How many, it how many homes have you built? Uh, I, I believe the one we're working on now is our 16th. Oh, and what would you say is the distinguishing characteristic of your tiny houses oh, compared to- Oh, you stole to... my question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Put your notes away. He you can't read over upside exactly. down. Um, so we, we've sort of solidly placed our, you know, we've been solidly placing ourselves in the kind of sky's the limit customization. And we tend to be getting, you know, because of that, we tend to get fairly high end people that, you know, want, you know, sort of not crazy things, but, you know, people that, that want very unique things, things that, you know, take a lot of custom work to, to implement in a tiny house. Hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we've, we started out kind of wanting to build uh, sort of a more affordable custom tiny house. Um, you know, so that's, that's the dream, right? You know, if you're, if you're getting a tiny house, you sort of want all these really fancy things, um, at an affordable price. And that's what we were trying to kind of give people fairly quickly. We discovered that you can't do really, really high end, very, very labor intensive work, um, very cheaply. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, and and sort of the core of what we wanted to want to do with our business is we eventually want to get in, you know, solidly into the affordable housing uh, industry. You know, we want we want to provide some really you know viable um, housing options and uh, be a part of that discussion. So we decided if we were if we didn't basically go the the really high end route, um, we weren't gonna you know we potentially wouldn't be around you know as a business in five years. So. So we decided to kind of uh, pursue the Robin Hood model. So we're building, you know, very high end, very, very nice, very opulent houses on on one or tiny houses, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, on the one hand, uh, with the idea that that's going to allow us and give us the platform to to develop affordable models um, and and finance that as well. So cool. This week um, in Portland, Oregon, on Craigslist. Um, a tiny house went up for sale and it was built by a local builder that um, also builds um, luxurious tiny houses. Uh, the sale price on this particular model, which was a 20 foot long, eight and a half by 20 foot, so pretty pretty traditionally mm-hmm. sized, you know, dual axle tiny house. Uh, the price was $155,000. Complete? Yeah. Whoa. Well, actually, no. The ad specifically said does not include accessories f- in the photos. You know, wow. like vases oh, and staged. and what? tea oh. towels, yeah. apparently. Yeah, yeah. What what builder? What builder was that? I'm just so curious. I'm going to keep them out of this. Um, <laughs> okay. We're just going to talk. It was on Craigslist. But it was okay. on Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> just, I, but I, really, where I want the conversation to go is just really more in a conceptual department direction. So, um, okay. Andrew Odom again specifically posted it on on one of the big tiny house forums, 
and we we then um, watch the discussions. And there are a lot of people out there that think that high end tiny homes, well, especially the hundred fifty five thousand dollar, they're like, oh, that's not the point. Like that's not yeah. the point. They're missing the point. Um, right. And my we, perspective we, we was get that, we get that critique all the time. Right. And so so my perspective was, hey, if they can sell their house for one hundred fifty five thousand dollars, that means mine is probably worth like at least a hundred. So right. good luck to them. If they do it, that'd be awesome. Uh, if they can't, it will once again prove out the law of you know supply and demand. So. Exactly. Again, right. um, I, where I want you to comment, or I guess I'm getting to a question eventually. So, again, <laughs> what are you hearing? You know, you tell someone, hey, this tiny house is $85,000. And and um, what are you hearing? And, and how do you feel about the naysayers that say, oh, you just don't get it? Yeah, so um, I would say that there's all sorts of people in the world. Um, and there are some people that... Uh, might want a hundred fifty-five thousand, you know, dollar tiny house, and if they feel like the house that they're buying, for, be it a custom house from someone like us or something that's already made or whatever, if they feel like they're getting their value for their money, uh, who are who is anyone else to tell them they're not? I guess. Um, and I, I get the I get the argument because I got into I I built my own tiny house because my wife and I wanted an affordable place to live. Um, and, and we feel like we spent what was a very affordable amount of money on our tiny house. We actually, we actually built a tiny house on tiny house nation. We were, we, we bought, we bought a trailer and literally like, uh, from the time we bought the trailer to when the, the crew showed up to film, it was like three weeks. So, uh, yeah. So like, it was like, you know, mad dash getting the trailer. It was a reclaimed trailer. So prepping the trailer, getting it ready designing the tiny, I mean, literally designing the tiny house from the ground up, um, and getting, you know, materials ordered, blah, 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 all that before the cruise shows up, you know, the film crew shows up and built, uh, I think it was the second, I want to say second season, fourth episode was our house that was built on, on that. So that, that, that sort of, anyways, I'm getting a little off track, but that sort of jump started. uh, you know, for, for us, that made it way more affordable than it would have been otherwise, because on these shows, they you know basically provide materials and services that you wouldn't get if you were just building it yourself. So this one was actually featured on its own television show called Tiny uh, Luxury Homes. That's, I I, um, no, I know. No. And so um, a similar process, and and again, people were like, "Well, wait a minute, let me get this straight." So yeah. the TV show, you know, they help you build this house, and incidentally, the people that are selling it also have never lived in it. So. So it just seems to fly in the face of absolutely everything that yeah, the tiny so, house movement is about. And that's right. really simplification, responsibility, sustainability, you know, yep, minimizing yep. your footprint. Yeah. So I think that's, to me, that situation you just described is a little different than, say, someone coming to me as a custom tiny house builder saying, I want this, you know, list of 50 things. And I know they're going to cost a lot of money, but I want them. You know, I think that's one thing. I think someone who's who's trying to leverage that their house was on a TV show and selling it, like, I, I guess I'm the same as you, like, more power to them. I don't think it's going to happen, and I don't, I think that's a little, to me, that's a little bit sad that, like, uh, you know, whether whether they were planning that from the beginning, you know, like, let's get on the show so we can get this house that's worth a lot of money and then sell it, um, or not, to me, that's, I think, a little bit missing the point. Um, but that sort of leads me to it's this is a sort of a catch 22 that I've been wrestling with and our company, uh, you know, has been wrestling with. And I think 
I, to me, I just, I think the whole tiny house sort of movement is wrestling with us on some level. Um, could just be me projecting onto the, the movement as a whole. But, um, but, Project away. But it's sort of this um, people watching these shows, right? And they think, uh, you know, they're seeing they're seeing these these crazy, you know, mosaic tile things, you know, these uh, reclaimed, you know, pieces of airplanes or whatever it is. Like these these things that, like if if you know what the amount of man. Uh, hours that go into implementing this stuff that's that people are seeing on these shows, and then prices are thrown out like thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars. That's it's just not no business would ever be able to do that and stay in business. I mean, we know because we're that's that's the space we're in, and we have people coming to us with these requests. And so there's a little bit of a uh, there's a little bit of a fundamental disconnect between what um, a really really high end custom tiny house, which is these ones you're seeing on these shows actually costs mm -hmm. in terms of man hours and materials and um because the the real i mean behind a little peek behind the scenes of these shows i think i think a lot of people understand this but i think there's a lot of people that don't understand it like these show the, the real costs of these houses um are are vastly different than what the, the cost of, that you're seeing on these shows is um how, the, how is that is it because the show is subsidizing the house yeah so the formula is basically the, the shows um uh, you know they, they they're getting these these episodes are getting in front of lots of eyeballs so so any any logo you see of anything anywhere in the episode or any mention of any product that's either, that's either paid for um, and the material is donated or at least the material is donated for in exchange for for that essentially uh, trade out they call it so when uh, you see that when you see the tiny house builders driving in a GMC and the GMC logo is yes. inked out. Because they're getting the show. Yeah, the tiny house shows are getting big enough that they're they're getting big car sponsorships and stuff like this now, huh. and and it's to me I'm not against that. Like I think whatever that's capitalism. I, you know I'm not gonna be able to do anything about that. Go but sponsors. It's, it's creating <laughs> it's creating it's creating a disconnect that I think needs to be addressed on more of a, a like a bigger scale. We're doing um, that right here. That's what we're yeah, doing. That's what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. And and the other thing is labor. So the most expensive thing in any really high end custom tiny house is the labor cost. Mm -hmm. Because if you want this multifunctional couch that's on the ceiling that you know that that you know that crank you know whatever if you want that like that's you just have to realize that's going to cost a, a that's going to if the physical reality is that a guy or two guys are going to spend a week or maybe two weeks only working on that one piece of furniture for yeah. you. And you if, mean and, that and cute if, little guy with the suspenders doesn't take a day and a half and whip out an inlaid? Exactly. <laughs> well, okay, so Zach, Zach is a good friend of mine. Well, uh, <laughs> that, that guy is legit. Like he, he really is. Like he, he does stuff and says stuff that the show makes him say. But he really, at his in his heart of hearts, he is like as hardcore tiny Hauser as it gets. Um, and I have nothing but respect for that guy. Um, but no, unfortunately, he does not um, just whip those things out in two hours like it seems on TV. So uh, I, I have a question for you, Jeremy. What The people who buy these houses from you, what 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 is your typical customer? Are they actually living in them or are they putting them in the backyard for their grandma or, or mother? Vacation or, homes. Or, or vacation what? home or what? Yeah, I would say uh, to my not, I'm trying to think if there's any, any customers that haven't lived. I think pretty much all of our customers... Um, are living in their tiny homes full time. Hmm. I don't. I don't know of any other any customers that are. We've had. We've we've done a lot of quotes and talked to a lot of you know different people that were going to be doing vacation houses or 
um, you know, mother-in-law suites or these kinds of things. But none of those builds have come to fruition. The ones that we've built, everyone that I know of is living in their tiny houses full time. Where do they put them? Um, a couple people um, are like own their own, you know, piece of land or found land cheap, or their family has land or something to that effect. Um, and then I would say at least half are in some form of an RV park. Hmm. Um, and, that's that's tiny house friendly. Mm-hmm. And what's the age of these people of your customers average? Uh, pers- so let me just give you some made up statistics. Um, <laughs> Actually, aren't <one>. they all? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would, I would say like maybe 60 to 70% are in the, you know, what you would traditionally define as millennial age range. Really? Um, yeah. So, and then if you look at our, if you, if you look at our web traffic, um, most of the people interested in our web and what we put out on the web is uh, 25 to 35 year olds. 60 to 70 percent female. Wow, is sort of the demographic that people uh, come to us. We've had a couple. We've had one build of a person that I would say is in the boomer generation. I think he's probably in his 50s, 60s in that range. Hmm. Uh, and they, and they, he's living in his tiny house with his wife just hmm. outside of Austin somewhere. And do they do these people have cash on hand, or do they? How do they pay for it? That's so. That's been probably our biggest struggle, I think, and that's probably the biggest struggle of a lot of tiny house builders um, is sort of the financing situation. So, us as as um, as many tiny home builders, uh, we bootstrapped ours from the beginning. Basically, you know, three really good friends got together and basically said we're going to start building tiny houses for people, um, and you know, our own tools, uh, you know, figured everything out. So. We, uh, most people that come to us, some people have had the cash from like a home sale. Um, uh, there was, you know, some people c- kind of came into some money, you know, it, you know, through, uh, I don't want to, I guess, give too many personal details away of people, but, um, inheritance. Yeah. Inheritance. There's, there's, there's one situation that that was the case. Um, and then I think two or three or four, uh, quite a few got, financing basically oh, okay. um oh, wow. so you can get i mean you can do it you can get financing people people do it all the time um <clears throat> it's you just have to kind of be a you know you have to hustle a little bit it's there's not like a clear path yet um which is changing it is changing we're seeing it you know become easier and easier to do that kind of stuff so a lot of the builders that we some excuse me let me requalify that some of the builders that we talked to um have specifically decided to go the reva route um, to help their customers to be able to more easily finance. Um, yeah. And so you haven't mentioned Reva. Um, are you Reva certified? And if not, um, and I probably know the answer to this question, but I may ask it anyways. Um, yeah. Why did you decide not to go um, in the Reva direction? If yeah, you didn't. So, if you didn't. So, so we did not. Uh, we have it fairly clearly laid out on our FAQ section, Michelle. Um, <laughs> Miss research, and, which our listeners well, wait a no, minute no, though, no, which no. our listeners can read at oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, at windrivertinyhomes.com FAQs. Good job, there we um, go. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, yeah, so we decided not to, and the reason is because, um, uh, do I be political or just honest? Just honest, just be honest. drop an F bomb so, in the so middle just to make that, it authentic. I don't, I don't think that RVA has tiny houses best interest or the industry's best interest in mind, which, you know, whatever, that's fair. They're a big business. They can, you know, they can make decisions based on profit and, and that's fine for them. But I just think that, um, the, the number one, the standards are sort of, um, in my mind, sort of, uh, 
they're shoehorned to fit tiny houses in most cases. Um, so they're the, you're either going to be following park model standards or RV standards, which would be like 1195 or uh, 1192 respectively. And neither of which um, cleanly fit a tiny house. Um, and so there's, there's people, builders that are, you know, fairly large builders, which shall remain name, nameless tiny house builders, um, that have gone that route. And are, the, the line they're flirting with is very, I mean, it's essentially they're building an RV that's looks like a house. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, that's all well and good, but in the long term, I think it's sort of shooting ourselves in the foot as an industry. If we don't sort of stand up and advocate for tiny houses to be treated as tiny houses and not as RVs and not as park models and not as mobile homes tiny houses. Um, so, so that's, we sort of made a, I guess, a stand on moral grounds of, uh, we, we, we are going to wait, um, and, and hopefully help implement standards that will apply to tiny houses, um, in the unique situations in which tiny houses are used and the unique construction standards that are used for tiny houses, um, instead of trying to shoehorn this thing for the sake of expediency or, or other reasons. So you're familiar with the new code that was written and submitted for the IRC or ICC, um, and uh, are you, or let me re rephrase, are you familiar with the new code that was just submitted for the IRC's consideration for implementation in 2018? I am incredibly familiar with it. I've read it uh, two or three times. I'm actually going to be... In Kansas City. I'm going to be in Kansas City. Yay, yeah. that was my next question. I'm going to be speaking I'm going to be speaking with uh with, I've been uh David Latimer actually connected me with Andrew, you know, who's sort of spearheading that and really excited to be able to be, you know, be a part of that and I'm going to I'm whether, you know, come hell or high water, I'm going to be there in Kansas City, hopefully be able to lend a hand in and getting, you know, something done there, so Yeah, I was thinking about going, but then they then they actually requalified their invitation and they're like we want people that know how to build tiny, you know, like architects <laughs> yeah, and planners. Right, right, right. So the entertainment people, those of us that are in the <laughs> entertainment portion of the tiny house movement, I think we're, we're uninvited. Entertainment's not some, on the list. Some, but, some, yeah, that's really right. exciting. That's the most exciting thing, I think, that has happened to date um, with oh, regard yeah. to legalizing tiny houses. Oh, Super completely. excited. I mean, I was, like, I was, like, giggling, like, stupidly giggling to myself for like an hour after I heard about that and yeah. like reading through the code and stuff like that's not a normal thing but uh, but yeah it's, it's super exciting I, I think a lot of people don't I think it's sort of you know Andrews seems I haven't met him but he seems like a fairly low-key guy you know fairly humble guy and I don't think people realize like that this is the most besides like Jay Schaefer building you know tiny house zero or tiny house one or whatever like this is the biggest thing that has happened in the tiny house world, period. Yeah. So for the listeners' um, sake, I just want to circle back and make sure everybody kind of understands the what's going on. So um, what happened was is that there was a code that was presented at this is the federal level building codes and so forth, and there was a code that was actually presented at the federal level, and unfortunately, nobody from the tiny house movement was actually there to represent or to comment on the code. However, there was someone that was there from the straw bale industry. Um, Andrew Morrison is also very involved and very uh, influential in that industry. So he called his friend Andrew Morrison and said, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta do something about this. This is going on, and you need to do something." So you gotta come huff and puff and help. Right. <laughs> 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 exactly. Yeah, so I was, I, was, 
I was trying to think of a cheesy joke, but you beat me too. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. So Andrew Morrison, um, you know, and friends, basically, um, they hired some consultants to help them to write it so that it would have the, the best chance of passing. And, of course, I think what's going on in Kansas City is some sort of hearing or something. Again, just another level of validation um, for that particular code. And, again, if I understand correctly, um, it will be rolled into the code in 2017 if approved and then actually uh, legal in 2018. And the next cycle on this is what, 2022. Yeah. So it's, it's like a small window of opportunity. If we, if we yeah. This, it's uh, not great. So but. thank you in advance for your, your contribution, um, however small or large in that. It's those of us that are just watching from the sidelines are, are cheering you on. Is there well, anything? So is there anything unique about the code that uh, would would that revolutionizes the building of tiny houses or anything like that? Um, no, not not really. I mean, it's it's fairly standard uh, sort of core code uh, parlance. The 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 really great thing that I think Andrew did, um, if you read through it, you can you can go to his website um, and and read it there. But um, I think he did a really good job of of getting a lot of the core sort of tiny house stuff in there, which, mm -hmm. which is sort of doesn't fit within code. Um, and some of those things would be like room sizes, like, you know, bathrooms traditionally are a little too small to meet code or it's really difficult to meet code for bathroom sizes and like lofts, sleeping lofts, you know, are sort of a no, no in, in, in traditional, you know, current code and like ladder access to lofts and, you know, this kind of stuff. And he did a really good job of, of sort of meeting the requirements that he needed to meet, you know, in, in writing the code while um, retaining, you know, the option to do some of these things that, that are sort of necessary in tiny house building and design um, to be able to utilize the space well. So, I, I mean, it's a really, uh, I mean, I've, I have a fairly limited, uh, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with traditional house code. There hasn't, you know, obviously been a lot of tiny house code written, but it's a very beautiful beautifully written piece of code i must say nice. yeah i agree i agree you kind of have to wipe the little tear off your eye when you're yeah right like, it. Oh, oh. like i'm a part of history <laughs> they're gonna look back well, and say knock yeah. on whatever <laughs> so so what does your wife do jeremy um she is right now she is cooking up a kid well, she's actually <laughs> She's all by herself. Huh? <laughs> well, she's doing. I mean, I, I was involved at the beginning, but I've kind of hands off since then. Um, but she, in November seventeen, we're we're due. So that's a lot of. Uh, she's she also does a bunch of you know other stuff. She's a she's a nanny, um, and is working on a few kind of uh, business ideas as well. Um, so, um, but yeah, that's what that's what she does. So she's we're we are. We've been full time, I guess, tiny housing since uh, when did we move into our house? 2015, like February mm. of 2015. Mm -hmm. Now you're you're six six. I am six foot six. Six, yes. six. So you presumably you built your tiny house with that dimension in mind. Yeah. So let's <laughs> hope. <laughs> Not much of a planner. The, like on the TV show episode, that was sort of obviously the running joke um, that that they played up uh, fairly heavily. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we, we went with the gooseneck tiny house design, um, which allows you to essentially, you could just think of it as instead of having your loft, you know, over your actual floor space, you're hanging the loft out, you know, over the front where the, where the trailer hitch is. So 
be able to have higher ceiling throughout the whole house and I can, you know, I can actually stand up full height in the bedroom, oh. um, which, you know, is handy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> That's a luxury, actually, <laughs> exactly. in tiny houses. And for the yeah. record, you wouldn't even fit in my kitchen. Lay- <laughs> laying down. Yeah. <laughs> I full, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like surprisingly foldable. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been in there since February. Is there anything that you um, regret about your design? Um, yeah. So I think that's the cool thing to me about like being a, a builder of tiny houses and living in a tiny house um, is like I'm. So it's sort of my workshop a little bit, or like I, I, in the design of tiny houses, like in our business, I do a lot of the system design. So. I'll, I'm playing, you know, the customer says, I want my tiny house to work like this. And these are the hookups that we have to deal with. And I basically designed the system to fit that, to fit that, um, that situation. Um, and so for me as a, a, a tiny house dweller and builder, um, like we started with something that was sort of maybe 80% there. And like, we just are kind of, I mean, we haven't stopped kind of refining our tiny house since we've moved in. So we've added shelves and a hook here and changed couches and, you know, just changed a ton of stuff. Like every, you know, I'll be setting my, my, my coat, like on one chair, like, and, and my wife's like, why don't we just put a hook like on the wall, like right above where that chair is. And that way you don't have to set, you know, so it's like you, well, you, when you're living in a house, you just learn that like there's certain flows that work and there's certain flows that sort of are just that don't work. Um, and for every person that's different. So I feel like, I feel like most people would be better off if they sort of just, um, mm-hmm. got their, got their house, maybe 80, you know, even if they were getting a house from, from, you know, us or somebody else, if they, if they ordered their house and said, I don't want you to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And they just lived in their house for like two, three months. And they're going to figure, you're going to figure out what, what works with you and what doesn't work with you. Um, it's, it's just hard to predict that if you've never lived in a, you know, a 200 square foot or 250 square foot space before. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's something that we're forever tweaking and sort of perfecting. Cool. And you have a, you have a, you said you're in a gooseneck trailer? Yeah. Gooseneck tiny house. Yeah. And when you're, when your baby's born, where's he or she going to be? Uh, so we have, a, we have a corner all planned out. Uh, my wife is doing the tiny house version of nesting these last uh-huh. months. <laughs> Uh, so, so we've added a few sort of little inventions, you know, like changing table that, you know, folds down and can have stuff underneath it. And, uh, we've, it's been a, I mean, it's been a little nice because normally with, with, with the whole baby coming thing, there's like people go crazy buying you stuff. And like, you just, you end up getting like a ton of stuff that you end up never using, I feel like. Um, and again, this is just me. I've never done this before. So is just kind of my armchair observations of it <laughs> um but like w- with a tiny house you can just say hey we live in a tiny house uh we don't have room for stuff so if you want to give us a gift card that's wonderful um you know but but otherwise so we've we picked out stuff that's like multifunctional stuff um, like the baby's crib is like one of those travel packable cribs mm. so we don't have to have like we don't have like the main crib and then like the travel crib is yeah. the main crib and so like when we go somewhere we fold that up and take it with us and uh, you know, stuff like that. Cool. And you, you said you live in Chattanooga or you're from Chattanooga? Uh, yeah, we uh, just outside, we live just outside of Chattanooga, originally from Detroit, mm. Michigan area. Okay. What do you think about the, the, just generally the, the tiny house movement overall with regard to affordable housing and mainstream living and all that? 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's that's uh, the question I get a lot <clears throat> is, um, you know, is this a fad? You know, you get a lot of people t- saying, oh, you better, you know, uh, make a, make a ton of money building these tiny houses because no one's going to want to buy them in you know five or six years or whatever. Uh, that may be true. I just don't think so though. Um, just because of the socioeconomic trends you see at large, and sort of the buying you know the buying sort of trends you see with specifically millennials who are coming into the home buying you know market now. Um, it's just like if you if you look at, I'm, I'm like a I'm like a thirty thousand foot view guy. So if you look at the urbanization trends in the world really but in the u.s you know is is you know urbanization is happening now uh fairly fast rate and if you also look at you know you compare that with the population uh exponential growth of population if if there's if there's a lot more people and they all want to live in cities like there's only so much space so like housing is going to get smaller you know in my in my view whichever way you slice it um, so the way I look at it is like we're just maybe a few years ahead of the curve, um, and there's a lot of people are going to start kind of you know realizing that this is a much more uh, sane way to live in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, that to, to me to me I guess in general my um, I, I would say I'm not a a tiny house purist. So like I'm not like the tinier than thou people like. Like, oh, you live in how, you know, like I live in 276 square feet. How many square feet do you live in? You know, like I'm not, I try not to do that. Um, like I, I don't think someone that lives in a 2000 or 3000 square foot house is, is a worse person than I am, you know? Um, and I think, I think my, my whole, my, my whole thing and my wife's whole thing is that you should live in the space that fits your life at whatever phase of life you're in Right on. and not more than that. Right on. Um, which that, then that last part is important and not more than that. Mm-hmm. Cause most people like the whole keeping up the Joneses thing comes into effect. And like you, you end up convincing yourself that you need 2,500 when you could really be happy with 1500, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're, we're not always gonna live in a tiny house for us right now. It makes a ton of sense. It's allowed us to start our business up. It's a lot, it's allowed us to keep our costs extremely low while we're starting our business up. Um, and like, we're going to be in the tiny house with a kid and we're going to try that out. Um, and right right now the plan, the plan is, you know, for roughly a, you know, a year with the kid. Um, and we live, we're lucky enough that we live on a, because we live in a tiny house, we've been able to put our money into buying the piece of property where our tiny house sits. Um, and we're going to be building a, a, a small permanent foundation home somewhere in the seven to 900 square foot range, probably in, in the next year to two years or so. Um, and, and we'll see, you know, we'll be in that until we feel like that doesn't fit. If that, if that time ever comes, you know, we would never go, I don't think larger than maybe 11, 1200, you know, 1300 square feet in that range. That would be like our, our version of a McMansion. Um, <laughs> but like for, for us, it's all about, yeah, it's all, uh, it's, this what I said. It's about living in the size that, that adds to your life and doesn't detract from it. And you, you can, you can go either way. You can go too small or you can go too big. And either way, you can find people that uh, it's de- their living situation is detracting from their life. It's about finding that sweet spot of of the cost mixed with um, you know having enough space. Well, John, thank you so much for being with us today, uh, John Weaver from Jeremy. J- damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, the fuck, John. 
I don't know who that was. It's not the morning. Oh, you don't drink coffee. No, I don't. It I have is no the excuse. end of the day. That's another yeah, unique thing about this show. It's, it's because I'm tired. Day. Yeah. It's, it's time for my nap. Yep. Jeremy from Wind River Tiny Homes. Um, really great talking with you. And uh, good luck in your business, man. Hey, appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and congratulations with the little muffin in the oven. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're super stoked. Yeah, cool. Send a diaper genie right away. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure it's tiny, though. Exactly. <laughs> it only fits one diaper. R- wrap it up tight. <laughs> exactly. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking with someone interesting. <laughs> From California Tiny House Company. Oh, oh there you go. Building. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, there you have it, tiny house listeners. Uh, tune in to us next week. See you, Bia. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. <laughs>